What does it mean to be an authentic minister of Jesus Christ? How do we live lives that are approved by God? This message is a call to prove ourselves as authentic ministers of Jesus Christ and seek God's approval. We must live for the applause of heaven and not the praises of men. We must measure ourselves up to God's plumb line. We must look for God's signs for approval on our lives. We're going to take some time now to uh, be in the Word of God today. Uh, I hope you've got your Bibles right where you are. And uh, uh, this message, uh, of course, in some way is addressed to our Bible college students, those who, especially those who have graduated and those who are continuing to study with us. Uh, I'm speaking uh, specifically, specifically to them as students who are preparing to serve God in one way or the other. Uh, but uh, the things that we are sharing with you today uh, will be applicable to all of us in, in, in some way. There is the general application. There is general application of this message for all of us. I want to talk to us about being approved by God. About being approved by God. So, if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter ten and verse eight. Second Corinthians eighteen. Sorry, Second Corinthians chapter ten. And verse 18, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Corinthians in a second epistle, he makes this statement. He says, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Let's read that again. Second Corinthians 10 verse 18. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. So, what Paul is saying is, look, if you commend yourself and you pat yourself on your back and say, look, I'm doing a great job. I'm doing such a wonderful job. That doesn't mean anything, he says. But it's the, the real approval that comes from God. It's the commendation that comes from God. Is That's what we want. And, and uh, all of us, I'm sure, desire that. We want God's approval on our lives. Now, uh, before I begin this message, I just want to you know, help us understand a little bit about the difference between positional truth and practical truth. So in Christ, positionally, we know that all of us are already accepted by God. Uh, we are approved by God, so to speak. We are he made his righteousness. God looks at us with favor, covered, we're covered with his love because of us, what, what Christ has done for us. So positionally, that is true. And yet, in practice, we need to live lives that are approving, uh, that will be approved by God. For instance, we are the righteousness of God, but we've got to practice righteousness. We've got to live righteousness. Or if you want to look at it in, in a different way, think about a parent and a child relationship. You know, the parent loves the child. No matter what the child does, the parent's going to love the child. And, and so that, that is already there for the child. Uh, the parent loves the child. But as the child grows up, uh, you know, the parent expects the child to do things that are approving, that are good, that are healthy, that are, you know, that are, that are, uh, that, are uh, that they would approve of. And so that's the practical side. You're living outside. Uh, there is the fact that we are approved. But we also have to live lives that are approved by God. Or think about Jesus. You know, at the beginning of his ministry in Matthew chapter 3, uh, as he began his ministry, the heavens were open. The Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. 
So he said, I am approved. I've already approved him. So he's well pleased uh, by his life. Now Jesus is just beginning his ministry and the father's already uh, declared his approval on, uh, on Jesus. But then when we look carefully at the ministry of Jesus, especially in how, you know, uh, in, in the things he speaks or in, in the gospel of John, uh, Jesus is very careful. He says, you know, I, I only do things that I see the Father do. I only speak things which the Father has taught me. And in John 8 and verse 29, uh, Jesus says, I always do things that please him. So it's very interesting. On the one hand, the Father said, I'm already pleased. But Jesus says, look, in how I live, I do things that please him. So it's that aspect that we want to address in the, minute, in the sermon, in the message today. It is how do we live lives that are approved by God? And those of you students who are studying with us in the Bible College, those of you who have graduated, the biggest thing I'm sure all of us would desire is, Lord, when, I'm, when it's all said and done, when I stand before you, I want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Those are the words each one of us want to hear. We want to receive God's approval on our lives. And so I want to share some thoughts uh, along those lines today. Now, before we talk about, you know, what is it going to take for us to be approved by God, to receive that, you know, that, that well done, good and faithful servant uh, commendation from God, I want to mention three things that we must avoid as ministers of God and as people of God. All of us are serving God in one way or another. And so these three things will apply to all of us. Three things to avoid. First of all, you know, we must avoid the delusion of self-approval. Paul just, we just read that in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 18. And I like to read that same verse from the Good News Bible. It puts it like this, for it is when the Lord thinks well of us that we are really approved and not when we think well of ourselves. So we must avoid the delusion of self-approval. It is true that uh, we need to have a good self-image. We need to feel good about ourselves. Uh, you know, we need to think positive of ourselves and all of that is important. We're not denying that. But when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, in approving ourselves, we've got to be careful. What's really important to us is receive a well done from God and not a well done from ourselves. We don't need to commend ourselves, but we must look for how God, what God has to say about our lives. So I want to challenge you and me uh, to pursue authenticity, uh, be authentic, be genuine. And, you know, authenticity begins in your own heart. It begins by you being true to your own self. The second thing that you and I must avoid is avoid the delusion of comparison. You know, uh, in Christian ministry, and, uh, and generally speaking, you know, we, people tend to compare uh, and we might even fall into the same trap of comparing ourselves with others. Look at what Paul wrote in that same chapter in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and a few verses earlier in verse 12, he said this, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. And as we're not here to com compare ourselves with people who are approving themselves. No, he says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So when people fall into this trap of comparison, they're comparing themselves among each other and feeling good that they are slightly better than the other. And he says, you know, they're not being wise. They're not doing the right thing. And so we must uh, 
avoid this delusion. And I like how the Passion Translation puts it, the latter part of that verse. It says, they compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by. And then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self-delusion. So, you know, they're just deluding themselves and they're just comparing themselves with each other. So avoid this. You know, there will be the pressure, you know, of comparing yourself with other people ministers or other people in ministry in churches you know usually it's uh, you know you sometimes you compare by numbers sometimes you compare by uh, fame or popularity you know how many people are following you on social media uh, some, sometimes you tend to compare based on money how much money does your ministry have sometimes people tend to compare based on you know um, how much you travel or how you know how much influence you have all these things and you know these are what we refer to as vain metrics these that metrics mean nothing. They mean zero before God. So don't use vain metrics or vanity metrics uh, to measure ministry. These are all vanity metrics. Instead, what you and I must look for is the approval that comes from God. And the third thing to avoid is avoid the delusion of man's approval. You know, uh, it is true we must be open to feedback to what people say about us. And people may have you know, inputs that are very valuable. They may correct us where we are wrong. Uh, they may help us see our blind spots uh, and look into areas that we may have neglected. So we must listen uh, when people speak into our lives, especially those who sincerely care about us. But on the other hand, we must be careful that we don't live for the approval of men. We must live for the approval of heaven and not the applause of men. Let me repeat that. We must live for the approval of heaven and not for the applause of men. You know, because if you and I are living for the applause of men, you know, how many people are going to stand and clap for you? Then the, there is always a tendency to do what pleases men instead of what pleases God. So you avoid the delusion of man's approval. Uh, we live for the approval of heaven, the applause of heaven, and not for the applause of men. You know, uh, in John 12, 42 to 43, Jesus talked about the Pharisees that even though they believed in him, they didn't want to come out and openly declare because it says in verse 43, they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. They cared more about what people would say than of God's approval. Paul writing about his own ministry in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4, he says, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. So what is Paul saying? You know, we've been approved by God. And so we want to live those lives that have been approved by God. And as people who desire to be approved by God, we live not to please men because we know that God is testing our hearts. God is looking at what's going on inside. So that's something so important for us uh, to be careful of. So avoid the delusion of self-approval. Avoid the delusion of comparison and avoid the delusion of living for man's approval. And instead, you and I must prove ourselves to be authentic ministers of Jesus Christ. You see, the world needs to see authenticity in Christian ministry. Uh, and you and I must prove ourselves to be authentic ministers. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 3 to 10. And then I wish we could take time to study this entire passage. And I encourage you to do that. 
to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 3 to 10, and study how Paul says authentic ministers are. Now, I'll just quickly summarize this passage, but notice what he says in verse 4. He says, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. That means in, in all these things, and he's going to mention the list of things, in all these things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. Our, as the Passion Translation puts it, it says, yet as God's servants, we prove ourselves authentic in every way. And that's what I want to challenge you uh, as a person who lives for Jesus, serving God, prove yourself authentic. Demonstrate yourself to be an authentic minister of Jesus Christ. And if you study this passage, 2 Corinthians 6, 3 to 10, what you see is that Paul says that we must prove ourselves authentic in three different situations. One, he talks about in situations, that means what we go through. Uh, and secondly, he talks about by, that means our lifestyle. We prove ourselves uh, through the things we go through, the situations we go through. We prove ourselves to be authentic by the lifestyle we live, and we prove ourselves authentic in spite of, that means the reputation of what people say or think about us. So these three categories of things you will see here in this passage, which I've just summarized for you very quickly. So what he says is this, in the situations that we go through, whether you're going through hardships, persecutions, stress, calamity, beatings, imprisonments, riots, troubles, sleepless nights, hunger, whatever you're going through, in the situations, prove yourself to be an authentic minister of Jesus Christ. Secondly, by our lifestyle. That means by who we are. So he says by purity, by spiritual insight, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, in holiness, in sincere love, in truthful teachings, in the power of God and weapons of righteousness. We prove ourselves to be authentic ministers. And then he says, in spite of, that means regardless of what people say about us, you know, people may honor or dishonor us. They may slander or praise us. They may call us deceivers or and impostors. They may, we may be unknown or people, many people may know us. We may die and yet we live. We may be punished, but we are not killed. We may suffer. You know, we may be made poor. And whatever we're going through, we prove ourselves to be authentic ministers of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to invite you to be a person who will win God's approval. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Uh, a worker who's, who does not need to be ashamed. That means, you know, make every effort, make every conscious effort uh, to be a worker who's, uh, who's approved by God. Who's, be diligent to do this so that you will not be ashamed. And so you and I must be careful. You know, it doesn't happen by accident. Receiving God's approval doesn't happen by accident. There's a diligence, there's a, a conscious effort, there's a determined effort that goes into being a worker who is approved by God, who will not be ashamed. And that's the invitation I want to extend to you today, that you and I, as people who are journeying through earth, sure, we are, you know, we have this wonderful position in Christ, but in how we live life on earth, let us be diligent to present ourselves as people who are approved by God and who are people who will not be ashamed by the way in which we live our lives. So how do we do that? And that's what I want to just focus on before I close. I want to encourage us, first of all, 
to use God's plumb line. Use God's plumb line. Now, what is a plumb line? That's uh, typical that's used, you know, in uh, the industry, in, uh, in construction industry. Typically, they drop a plumb, uh, which tells, uh, which indicates if something is aligned straight, if something is centered, uh, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's a reference point. It's a, it's a, a reference line that, that tells us is something straight or out of alignment, out of not centered. So that's a plumb line. And so we need to use God's plumb line. Don't use uh, the plumb line of uh, some other person. Use God's plumb line. And, and that's what you and I must measure ourselves to. You know, we must always ask the question, what does Jesus say about me? What does Jesus say about me? In Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, we read about the church in Sardis. You know, they had a great reputation, but Jesus said, you are dead. They had a reputation that they were alive. You know, so you can imagine, you know, people say something about this ministry. Wow, this ministry is on fire. This ministry is powerful. This, and, and then you say, Jesus, what do you say about this ministry? And Jesus says, that ministry is dead. What a shock it will be. But that's exactly what Jesus said about the church in Sardis. They had a reputation that they were alive, but the, G, but the Lord Jesus saying, you are dead. You know, what a sad situation. So the reason I'm bringing this up is for our, you and me, God's plumb line means I must be more concerned about what Jesus says about me than what people say about me. What does Jesus say about you in, in the way you conduct your, your, your life? I remember as a minister of God, you got to hold yourself to a higher standard. And this is James 3.1. Uh, James says, you know, for those of us who are teachers, we will receive a stricter judgment if you are serving God, you're in the ministry, be ready to hold yourself to a higher standard. You cannot say, I will be at the same standard as a congregation. No, you've got to be several notches higher in, in, in how you live, in the standards you maintain, because you are going to be held to a stricter judgment. That's God's plumb line. Thirdly, you know, the safest thing to do is to judge yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to come and correct you because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11.31, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. So you judge yourself. You check up on yourself. Are you living right before God? Is Are you doing things uh, that, that God really wants you to do? And I've mentioned some of those things that God approves of a little later on. But judge yourself uh, so that you know God doesn't have to send somebody else to judge you. And you had also asked the question, will what I do stand, you know, uh, uh, the test of God's fire. It's not whether what I do receives approval from man. It is what I'm doing will it stand the test of God's fire. You know, and this this is for us in First Corinthians three, where it says, you know, you can build with wood, hay, and stubble, or you can build with gold, silver, and precious stones. You know, things can look grand even if you build with wood, hay, and stubble. You know, but it all be burned up when it comes to God's fire. So you and I have to build with what is divine, what is gold, precious, and silver stones. So what are, you know, what are God's standards? First of all, God looks at the motivation of our hearts. Now, what motivates you when you serve God? You know, are you properly motivated? Am I rightly motivated? Uh, am I motivated to please God? Am I motivated to glorify Jesus? Am I glorified, motivated to edify people? Or am I motivated by other things like, you know, competition, comparison, jealousy, fame, desire for money, power, influence? What motivates you? Second important thing is, are you faithful in what God has assigned to you? Are you or are you just doing, you know, other things? Are you faithful in what God has assigned to you? Because God looks for faithfulness. 
Thirdly, are you being fruitful in what God has given to you? Because God looks for fruitfulness. Fourthly, are you operating by faith? Because it is faith that receives God's approval. Are you carrying out your ministry by faith in God or by the strength of the arm of the flesh? And lastly, are you living for what is eternal, for what is unseen? As you journey to ministry, uh, in, in life, is that of a high priority for you? The eternal, the unseen, is that more important? Because people who pursue what's eternal, what's, uh, what's unseen, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, 11, 16, God is not ashamed to be called their God. See, that, that wins God's approval. So how can you know that you are having God's approval on your life as you're journeying through your ministry? I'll give you four things and I'll close. How can we know that we are receiving God's approval? You know, in the Old Testament, fire would fall from heaven as a sign of God's approval. Now, that is not something you and I normally would expect. For Jesus, there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son. Now, how would you and I know that we are receiving God's approval? Four simple things. Number one is this, that there is a flow of grace, gifts, and anointing that changes lives. So that's the sign that you are in a place of God's approval, that there is a flow of grace, anointing, and gifts through your life that is actually changing other people. You know, if you're only entertaining people, if you're making people feel excited, that's nothing that anybody can do. But our lives being transformed, that's a sign of God's approval, that there's a flow of God's grace, gift, and anointing through you. Secondly, there's honor that comes from God. There's a difference from honor and fame and popularity. Today, you can become famous through good marketing techniques, but there's a difference when God puts honor on your life. Honor means there are people who respect you, not because you had good marketing techniques, but they respect you because of who you are, for what you stand for. That is honor that comes from God. You can't buy it. You can't market for it. You can't promote for it. It's honor that comes on your life. That's the second sign of God's approval, that when people honor you, when people respect you, because not because you manipulated them, not because you promoted yourself before them, but because of what you carry, that's a sign of God's approval. Third thing, there's increase that comes from God. That means there is increase, there's fruitfulness in your life that is flowing because God is bringing it in. That's a sign of God's approval. And once again, we need to differentiate what man can produce and what God releases. And I'm talking about what God releases, the increase that comes from God, not the increase that is man-made, but an increase that is purely the work of God. And the fourth sign of God's approval on your life is influence that is appointed and extended by God. I've put scriptures for all of these that will come up on your screen. There's influence that is appointed and extended by God, that God gives you a sphere of influence that, 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 that touches life and then increases that sphere of influence. That's a sign of God's approval. So these are four signs that, that you know that you're walking approved by God and these will continue to increase in your life. So watch out for these signs. So ask, live by God's plumb blind. Ask the tough questions that I've presented before you and look for, for these four signs of God's approval on your life. In closing, I want to mention 2 John chapter 1, verse 8, where John says, Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Now, don't lose the things you worked for. Take care of it, steward it, 
nurture it, let it grow, let it bless the nations and receive your full reward. We're going to pray. We're going to let the worship team lead us in a song and then we're going to pray together. I want to pray that we're going to pray together that you and I will be people who will be approved by God. We will live lives that receive God's approval. I know I've packed a lot in this one sermon. Please take the sermon notes. I've given a lot of scripture references there and you can study it further and be a man or a woman who is approved by God.
stronghold shall be broken You wear the winter's crown You overcome, you overcome Every heart thing must come down Every stronghold shall be broken You wear the winter's crown You overcome, you overcome Every heart thing must come down Every stronghold shall be Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. And I pray, Father, for every person. And we pray especially for the students who graduated today, for the students who are in the Bible college, 
But we also pray for every person listening to this message, that God will help us be authentic in our Christian faith, in the life we live, in the ministry we do, God, and that our hearts will be set on pleasing you and receiving your approval, that the approval of God will mean everything and more to us than the applause of man. That, Lord, we will measure ourselves by your plumb line and that we will recognize your approval on our lives, center ourselves under in the place of God's approval and journey in that place alone for the rest of our lives. Lord, do a work in each of our hearts where we need to come into alignment. Help us to do that. The changes we need to make in our hearts, help us to do that. The things we need to cleanse ourselves of, help us to do that. Purify our hearts and our hands as we serve you, O oh God, and be glorified in each of our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for being with us on the service today. We'd love to hear from you. Send your feedback, your comments, your testimonies to testimony at apcw.org. Share this message with some other people. They may need to hear it. They may need to be encouraged by it. They may need to you know, receive uh, something that they need to hear through this message. Pass this on to as many people as you can. And uh, God bless you. Uh, we will see you again next Sunday. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.